1: and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain.
0: Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen,
1: you can't fight in here. This is the war room.
0: Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor?
1: Hell no! Take today, Junior! It's too late to turn back now. He's the Brian
0: Page. Indeed it is, indeed it is. It's Friday, y'all. We made it. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful White Hall Drive. Here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It is finally Friday, November the 17th in the year of our Lord 2023. We're six days from Thanksgiving, y'all. <laughs> this is episode 972 of the Brian Hank show presented by Lenore Community College. My co hosts John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, while they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game, but man... Have we got another show for you today? Not just another show. We've got another great show for you today. Joining me in less than 20 minutes on our Spence Automotive guest line. He's our resident Carolina Hurricanes NASCAR expert. He's a big Baltimore Ravens fan, so you know he's giddy about last night's game. He's the son of Linda, the husband of Samantha, and the father of Levi. That sounds a little (laughs) biblical there, doesn't it? It'll be Paul Whittington. He's going to be joining us. We'll dive into some Canes. We're going to see them tomorrow night at PNC Arena in Raleigh. Looking forward to that. Uh, We're going to preview the ECU football game. They are at Navy uh, tomorrow and uh, just much more, man. We're going to have a a lot of fun with Paul. Who knows where our conversation will go. We start on one thing and uh, go a little AD, ADHD on you, and we're all over the place. But really looking forward to talking to Paul. That'll be here, like I said, in less than 20 minutes And he'll be joining us on the Spence Automotive Guest Line. Uh, Our second hour today, man, it is going to be amazing. It's going to be all hoops for you today, though. Uh, We're going to begin the hour with a third edition of TGIF with IP. It's our weekly NIL visit with former Kinston star and Winston-Salem State junior point guard Isaac Parson. He has had an extremely busy week, extremely busy. They played three games since the last time that we talked to him. Now uh, they are two and one right now, and let me tell you something. He's just as busy this week. The team is in the sky right now. As uh, in fact, his flight was supposed to take off at seven o'clock this morning from uh, from Charlotte Douglas International Airport, uh, flying to Connecticut for the Chris Paul HBCU Classic, where they'll face Tuskegee tomorrow in the uh, in the semifinals, and then they'll play either Cheney which is, uh, by the way, they're from uh, Pennsylvania, or Virginia Union for the championship on Sunday. And uh, you're probably like, well, Brian, how is Isaac Parson going to be on uh, TGIF with IP today? Well, let me tell you, uh, that son of a gun, man. uh, I had already crashed for the night last night. And I guess, you know, listen, he's a college student. He's uh, running a basketball team. He is... Uh going after an accounting degree in Winston Salem State. He's very, very busy, but I guess it hit him about one thirty this morning <laughs> that uh he wouldn't be able to join me live at eight o'clock because we usually do that in our eight o'clock hour, our second hour here on the Brian Hanks show. So uh he text messages me about five or six times from I don't know, one thirty to about two o'clock this morning. And uh of course I didn't hear it. I was knocked out. Uh, but he tries again about a five o'clock this morning and that's when I got him. Uh, we, we started talking and then we're like, you know what, let's go ahead and just tape this. Cause there's no way we're going to be doing it in the air. So, uh, it'll be plausibly live. How about that? We talked to him about, uh, I guess it was about five forty, 540, five forty-five this morning. <coughs> so it won't be uh, live at 8. AM, but it'll be, uh, from our conversation that we had at about 545 this morning as he uh, he was waiting to go through the TSA line when we talked. I was like, dude, go through the line, call me back, and we'll take care of it then. Uh, but just to show you what a great kid he is and that uh, he really wanted to get it out there, uh, you know, to get TGIF with IP today. And it looks like next week, because I'm going to be off uh, a week from today, so uh, I think we're going to do uh, TGIF with IP Wednesday edition next week. Uh, so looking forward to that. That will be, uh, like I said, that will be on Wednesday. And he's just going all over the place, too. But we talked to him about that. We looked back at last week's games, like I said, or this past week's games. They're 2-1. and one. And then, uh, again, he's going to be uh, playing in the Chris Paul HBCU Classic. Helps us break down all those games. Uh, and uh, just talks about uh, playing with Jeremy Dixon from Kenston High School. And from Amaji Dodd from Green Central. Get a little insight on that, too. It's a nice little, nice little tight, succinct, uh, about, I don't know, about 12 minutes or so with him. So that'll kick off our second hour as, uh, Spence, Keith Spence, you were busy this morning on Spence Automotive guest line. Uh, as we were, like I said, doing that at five 40 this morning, then it's, but here's also some great news too. It's opening day for the South and North varsity basketball team as blue devils traveled down to Croatan. The, today to begin their 23-24 season against the Cougars, uh, the Blue Devils. Now, they have new coaches leading the boys and girls. We're going to be joined by both of them in the second hour. Uh, boys coach Thomas Earp is going to join us around 15 minutes or so into the second hour, and then girls coach Zach Pierce will join us about 25 minutes or so into the second hour. Probably won't be able to go into a whole lot of detail with either one of them since we're going to be uh, have uh, tight conversations with them. But very excited that they're going to be joining us as they're getting ready for Croatan uh, tonight. So, And then we'll play the birthday game with John and Jonathan. And the week of shows will be over just like that. But, man, like I said, Thanksgiving just right around the corner. And I don't know. I, this is probably one of the things we'll talk about next week because I know on next Wednesday's show for sure, we're going to have, uh, you know, of course, Mike Martin, our regular Wednesday guest, and, uh, Felicia Solomon's going to be joining us live here in the studio. Both of them will be joining us live and it's going to be our Thanksgiving show. We're going to talk about, uh, Thanksgiving itself. I may, uh, I don't know. Uh, Steve Zabin's got this thing. As you know, there are no original ideas anymore. And Steve Zabin is just, in my opinion, the best guy in the business that does this. Uh, he's got his, uh, podcast or his ZabeCast, as he calls it. Then he, uh, he used to be in the DC market. Now he's in the Milwaukee market. But uh, I listen to him every, pretty much every, well, not pretty much. I listen to him Monday through Friday. And uh, he's got this thing where it's Thanksgiving versus the 4th of July. He considers those two the best two holidays. It's hard to argue that, man. I mean, th- I mean Christmas, yeah, Christmas is pretty special. Uh, I don't know what other holidays. Uh, Easter, I really like Easter pretty good. But, man, I got to tell you, it's hard to top Thanksgiving. And it's really hard to top the 4th of July, too. But uh, he has all these, like, uh, he, a matchup Thanksgiving versus uh, the 4th of July, and he goes through all these things, which is better of the two, and uh, invariably, uh, Thanksgiving comes out on top, so, uh, man, it is, it's my favorite, and on top of it, too, get to spend it with my family this year, so, uh, very excited about that. Uh, going up to uh, Hillsville, Virginia, and spending time with my brother and his family, my two sisters and their family, and we're going to do karaoke, and Linda's going to sing, and I'm going to stream it on Facebook Live so you can watch Linda sing. It's going to be awesome, man. We're going to have a good time, but I love me some Thanksgiving. So, uh, again, there you go. That's our guest, uh, Paul Whittington here in our first hour, uh, TGIF with IP with uh, Isaac Parson, and then uh, South of boys basketball coach Thomas Earp, uh, South of girls basketball coach Zach Pierce in our second hour, and we have got quite the show for you today man i gotta tell you it, we i had a pretty good feeling the lcc basketball team uh, especially uh the way they ended last year's season even though they're really uh the only player returning from last year is on the injured list right now he's not playing uh a team has got 16 players on it 15 freshmen guess what came up with another win last night clarence burton and the LCC men's basketball team, they are now 4-1 and one after an impressive 113-93 win at Johnston Community College last night. Uh, no stats, and I do apologize for that. I don't have any of the leaders, uh, who scored what. Uh, but man, another great win for them. They are 4-1 and one now. Uh, but they're super busy. Uh, they are super uh, busy. They are back in action tomorrow at 3 o'clock down at Fayetteville Tech. Uh, so it'll be a region 10, uh, game. I about said region 10 win heck I'll speak it into existence, a region 10, uh, game for them against Fayetteville tech tomorrow. That is at three o'clock. If you're down in the Fayetteville area, go support the Lancers tomorrow. That'll be, uh, that should be, uh, man four and one. I mean, I don't think they picked up their fourth win last year until, uh, February. So for them to be four and one already is just amazing. Uh, their next home game, it'll be uh Tuesday against uh, uh, against Lewisburg at the Sportatorium. And Keith Spence, you are absolutely right. Uh, he just sent me a text and said, coaching matters. And it really does, especially at that level, too. And I'm telling you, Matt Grantham has just done a fantastic job this far into the season. I think it's only going to continue, too. But 4-1, again, after a 113-93 win, at Johnston Community College last night. Congratulations to uh to Clarence former Kinston star Clarence Burton. Also to uh the Matt Grantham. All the folks over at uh, LCC. Uh ECU football. They travel to Navy. Uh tomorrow it's their final road game of the year. It's their penultimate game of the season. They are two and eight overall, but they travel to Navy who is four and five overall three and three in the uh American Athletic Conference. How about this? Don't tell me Vegas doesn't have some faith now in uh e c u that line started out at uh three and a half points uh when it opened up last week uh I guess Sunday or Monday it was three as of yesterday morning, then it just cla- uh uh <laughs> And I'll get to you in a second, Mr. Clemens. Uh, The spread was uh, three as of yesterday morning, and it passed the Rubicon. Uh, It's a big thing when uh, a point spread goes uh, that half point from three to 2.5 or from seven to 6.5 or something like that. Guess what? That's what happened overnight. Now, Navy only favored by two and a half points. Again, that's down from three that it was yesterday and three and a half earlier this week. Vegas showing a lot of uh a lot of faith in ECU football. You heard us talking about it last couple of days too. That uh CBS Sportsline has uh actually has ECU winning. They've got a given them a 52% chance of uh winning the game. I don't know what ESPN is saying, but uh man, a very good chance ECU can end this season strong. And that would be amazing. I mean, and then they play Tulane in the la- or uh Tulsa in the last game of the season. I think a very good chance that they have to, uh, to defeat Tulsa, too. Uh, but, uh, man, just uh, a great way for them to end the season. They're 2-8 right now. If they could win at Navy uh, tomorrow and then uh, take down Tulsa in the final game of the season a week from Saturday, that would be amazing. Uh, the ECU men's basketball team, uh, they are home versus Northeastern Sunday at 2. Again, they're coming off that bad loss against South Carolina Upstate a couple of days ago uh high school football playoffs last night pretty um uh pretty amazing uh as you know we'll have a uh, mark Panicelli on monday's show and uh he's gonna be a little uh a little sad newburn uh just uh, got it handed to him uh last night at cleveland the last time i saw it was 49 to nothing uh, already had a running clock going i don't know if uh newburn actually uh scratched the scoreboard last night but man. Just shows you how tough that Cleveland team is. But uh, Cleveland beats New Bern. However, uh, there is still one team left in uh, in, Cleveland. Oh, my gosh. Why am I having a brain to here? Craven County. Craven County. As uh, West Craven. Or, I'm sorry, as uh, Havelock. They won against uh, Greenville Rose last night. So, they're in the third round of the playoffs. It's always special. I mean, we've had it so many times here with Diesel. Uh, Man, to be able to practice Thanksgiving week. That's always a special thing. And you're usually, uh, in past years, it's been in a, uh, you know, the third or fourth round of the playoffs will be the third round of the playoffs this year. So congratulations to uh, our good friends, uh, the Wooten brothers over at, uh, Havelock high school. You know, we may try to get them on, especially if they make it past the th- the third round, get them on next week or uh, the week after. Thank you. Keith Spence 56 to 13 that, uh. Newburn ended up uh losing that game at Cleveland last night. But it was a forty nine to nothing at one point uh with a running clock and everything. So for uh Newburn to put a couple of scores up there at the end, that's pretty good. But again, uh sad for my good friend Mark Panicelli. He is the voice of Newburn football. And uh just like we are here in Lenore County, and we have been now for what, for a couple of weeks now, they are uh they are done with football in uh in at Newburn at least. Uh, The Ravens last night, they defeated the Bengals on Thursday night football. We'll be talking to uh, Paul a little bit about that when we get him up here on the air in about five minutes. And I know this is non-sports, but uh, let me remind you because we had uh, the lovely Kelly Cannon on yesterday talking about this, uh, the Holly Jolly. And I kept calling it Christmas show all day yesterday. And not that I mind. I mean, you know, I'm not a Christmas versus holiday kind of person, but the, the formal name of it is the Holly Jolly holiday show uh it begins today uh from five to eight p m <clears throat> It's an adults only show tonight uh so uh <laughs> that sounds a, that sounds a little dirty, but it's not it's because they're gonna have uh wine and they're gonna have a sip and shop thing going on tonight. And uh, why, I mean, and, and I listen, I love the Holly Jolly Holiday Show. I mean, I really do. I, as I said with uh, Kelly yesterday, and I'm not just saying it because she's sitting across from me because she's not right now. I got to tell you, it's a lot of fun. You want to get in the Christmas spirit, get out there tonight from five to eight. I know Linda's going to be out there tonight. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I have uh, some, uh, as you hear me coughing my lungs up here, I've got some, uh PA duties tonight at Mount Olive for uh, basketball tonight. It's the Mount Olive Pickle Classic tonight. I'll be on the mic for uh, both of those games tonight. Got to thank my good friend Shane Albee, uh, who is uh, he's going to be calling or on the PA for uh, the eight-man football championship tonight. That's over at Hodges Field, uh, right here in Kinston over at the Rendell Parrot Academy. So he is off tonight, and he is uh, letting me uh, call the uh, Mount Olive games in his place tonight. So that is, uh, that's that's going to be a lot of fun tonight to uh, to do that for him. I did it, at, what, one day last year. I had a lot of fun doing that, and uh appreciate uh, Coach uh, Higginbotham uh, calling me and asking me if I'd be interested in doing it. And yes, I am. That's going to be fun. Heck, I'm doing that today. Then I've got uh, ECU volleyball tomorrow afternoon before uh, I meet uh, Paul and my good friend Kelly Lynn Alexander-Stevens and my lovely fiancé uh, at uh, PNC Arena to watch uh, our Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow night uh, take uh, play an play NHL game. I can't even remember who they're playing, but just say that my, my life is busy. And thank you, Mr. Clemens. He jumps in here and says, hey, your shows are so packed. Am I still getting married? Yes, I am. Uh, December the 30th. Uh, Yes, I am. He says, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Mr. Clemens." I appreciate you. Keith Spence, who's already jumped in a couple of times, uh, thank you. Uh, You're going to hear from Paul here in a little bit, too. But uh, I love that so many of you guys have my digits, and uh, you text me during uh, the show, too. Uh, I appreciate it. It it makes me know that you guys are listening. I love it. I absolutely love it. Okay. Okay. Let, uh, i tell you what, let me tell you about Lenore Community College real quick before we finish our monologue and we get Paul up here on the line with us. Let me tell you something for more than 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South. But it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses, uh, either the one right here in Kinston, the one in Snow Hill, or uh, the uh, nice campus over in Trenton. You can find out how you can change your life today. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you to Richie Honeycutt, to Dr. Rusty Hunt, all the folks over at LCC who sponsor this show every day and bring it to you uh, here on 960 AM and com and 252 ESPN at 107.5. By God, we are all over Eastern North Carolina, and I love it. Uh, LCC, uh, one of our day one sponsors, just like UNC Lenore Healthcare. You'll hear, hear about them in our second hour. You'll also hear about Gawico Office Automation, the uh, title sponsor of our birthday game. But our other day one sponsors, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, Rendell Parrot Academy, and then all our other sponsors who uh, bring you high school football uh, or did bring you high school football every Friday night and who also uh, will be bringing you high school basketball in January and February right here on uh, 960 AM. Uh, That's Down East Protection Systems, King's Restaurant, the Kinston Police Department, Davis Wholesale Tire, Mills International, Rillo Discount Drugs, Lenore County Public Schools, Lenore Tire and Appliance, Elite Land Management, and your down Eastwood Ducks. Appreciate them so, so, so much. Uh, Hey, they're the reason you get to hear me every morning, the reason you get to hear uh, high school sports here on 960, uh, Bet on the Bull. Hey, let's get you caught up on uh, high school basketball. Uh, Yes, we finally have games. As I told you, South Lenore, they start their season tonight. Uh, with brand-new coaches uh, over at Croatan. Both teams will be playing at Croatan. Uh, Thomas Earp is the new boys' basketball coach. Zach Pierce is the new girls' basketball coach. And both of them will be joining us in the second hour to get us ready for the season and for tonight's games at Croatan. Uh, Kenston, they start their season, uh, the girls do, tonight at 6 o'clock. They take on D.H. Conley over at Viking Gym. And then both teams will play on Monday, the boys' uh team will begin their 23-24 season on Monday at Northern Nash. Uh so uh pretty exciting that uh, we've got uh Kinston Girls Basketball tonight too, but uh, both teams at Northern Nash on Monday. North Lenore, they uh, boys and girls teams they begin their season Monday at Aiden Grifton, uh Parrot Academy, they begin their season at home Tuesday versus Beargrass Charter. Uh, Bethel Christian Academy, as uh, we've told you a few times, they've already started their season. They played two games last week. Unfortunately, lost both of them in the Carolina Classic Tournament. But now they're off until Tuesday, November the 28th. So what, in about 11 days a week from Tuesday, uh, they'll host Wilmington Christian. Uh, Green Central, they open their uh, 23-24 season at Eastern Wayne in Goldsboro on Tuesday. We told you about Aiden Grifton. They start their season uh, Monday against North Lenore. And then Jones Senior Boys and Girls Team, they open their season tonight also, just like uh, South Lenore. They are at Beargrass Charter up in Williamston. Uh, that is tonight. Uh, let's get you caught up with Hometown Heroes. Uh, Brandon and, uh, didn't have a lot of action. I only had one of our Hometown Heroes play last night. but And that was Damian Dunn in Houston. They are playing in Charleston, South Carolina at the Charleston Classic. They won last night 65-49. Guys, it wasn't even that close. Watched pretty much that entire game last night. Uh, Damian did start. He played 24 minutes, but he did miss all eight shots that he took, including two three-pointers. However, he did have a rebound and assist and two steals in the 24 minutes that he played. He'll have a chance to bounce back from that. As Houston, number six in the country. They're 4-0 overall. They take on Utah today at 430. That game will be on ESPN2. The winner of that game tonight takes on, uh, well, they'll play in Sunday's championship game of the Charleston Classic. So uh, congratulations to Damian and Houston for that. All our other players, like I said, did not play last night or even one of our coaches, uh, but they are all going to be busy this weekend. Brandon Ingram and the New Orleans Pelicans, they are 5-6 and six overall. They are home versus Denver today at 8. Then they're uh, home versus Minnesota tomorrow at 7. Uh, Reggie Bullock Jr. and Houston Rockets. They have been off since Sunday. Uh, they've only played seven games. How crazy is that? New Orleans has played eleven. Reggie and the Houston Rockets have only played uh, seven to this point. But they play at the L.A. Clippers today at ten thirty, and then Sunday they they stay in L.A. all weekend as they'll be taking on the Lakers in L.A. Sunday at nine thirty. A uh, Dontre Styles in Georgetown. Uh, they are home versus Mount Saint Marys. That game is at noon tomorrow. Uh, the Hoyas are one and two. And then they are home Sunday at 4.30 against American University. That game will be on FS2. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt, they are 2-1 and one overall. And they take on uh, Central Arkansas. Uh, that game is today at 7 p.m. Uh, Isaac Parson, Jeremy Dixon, and Maji Dodd. You're going to hear me uh, talking to uh, Isaac uh, to start our second hour here in about 35 minutes or so. Uh, But Isaac, Jeremy, and Amaji, they are 2 and one They travel to uh, Uncasville, Connecticut to take on uh, or to play in the Chris Paul HBCU tip-off tournament. They take on Tuskegee uh, Saturday, tomorrow at 8 p.m., and uh, they'll play in either the third-place game at 6 on Sunday or the championship game at 8.30 against either Cheney University from Delaware County, Pennsylvania, or Virginia Union from the CIAA. That would be in the championship game or the third-place game on Sunday. Uh, but again, like I said, uh, we'll have a nice conversation with Isaac, uh, to begin our second hour mirror, Moore uh, has not played yet for, uh, Mount Olive, uh, as as you know, uh, three years at parent Academy, <clears throat> his senior year at Kinston. Hopefully, uh, he'll get to play in that game tonight. Uh, and then, uh, Ashante Lynch of Maryland Eastern shore. They're off to a one and three start to this season. They've lost against Georgetown, Virginia, and Stony Brook. Uh, But they do have one win. Ashanti's averaging 7.5 points a game. 4.5 rebounds, 1.3 assists, 1.8 steals per game. She's averaging 25.5 minutes a game. And they play at home versus George Washington Saturday at 2. And go ahead and put this on your calendar now, Paul Whittington. Ashanti Lynch and Maryland Eastern Shore, they will be at ECU on Monday, December the 4th at 6.30. And uh, we will be there. I will definitely be there. Going to try to have her on the show earlier that day to uh, preview that. So, whew, man, I've only gone 25 minutes straight with, I think I only took three breaths, Paul.
1: Well, now, now you got a little time to catch your breath. <laughs> take, a deep, take a deep breath, get you a big old sip of water and talk some more sports.
0: I love it. Paul Whittington joining us on uh, our Spence Automotive guest line. He is our regular Friday guest. And I guess this will be the last time we have you on for a couple of weeks because I'm going to be off next Friday, you know, because of the Thanksgiving holiday. So we've got a lot of stuff to fit in here in 35 minutes, dude. Yeah,
1: there's there's been a lot that's happened in the, in the week since we last spoke. Well, the sad
0: news, you sent me uh, this, uh, you texted it to me yesterday, and one of the voices of my childhood, uh, it, 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 I'm just a, a little heartbroken, man. Uh, Ken Squire yeah. passed away. And again, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I listened, I hardly watched racing growing up and that's the truth. I mean, I, I really didn't dude, because, uh, a, it wasn't on that much. We didn't have cable. So, you know, I didn't get to see him on ESPN. So when, and who's the guy that, uh, does a uh, university of, uh, Alabama sports. Oh man. You know, Any other
1: time about. I would know this answer. Oh. Yeah. It's going to bother me now. I'll look it up all your time. Eli Gold. Eli Gold, yes.
0: So, I grew up listening to Eli Gold and Ken Squire, man. I mean, they were, like I said, They were. you talk about voices of my childhood. I mean, I listened to NASCAR pretty much every Sunday growing up. Big NASCAR fan when I was a kid and, and a teenager. And he passed away yesterday. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, you know, NASCAR does a really good job at, at connecting the generations in our sport. Uh, from, from the early days of NASCAR, the, those fans to today's fans. And, and and I guess what I mean by that is everybody knows who Ken Squire is. You know, there there are certain sports out there, Brian, uh, where there are broadcasters from 30, 40 years ago that fans today just have absolutely no clue who they are. Uh, but if you're a NASCAR fan and you've only been a fan of the sport for the last five years, you know who Ken Squire is. He was mm-hmm. that instrumental. Uh, in this sport, he was the first broadcaster to go into the NASCAR Hall of Fame, uh, a very important figure in the, in the history of NASCAR, helped found the Motor Racing Network, uh, was very instrumental in bringing a national television broadcast of a NASCAR race to CBS. Uh, he narrated that first race, the 1979 Daytona 500, which was a very important day for NASCAR, but has also become one of the most iconic days for NASCAR because it was Ken's voice who, who narrated that fight. Uh, down in the apron of turn three and four between Donnie Allison and Kelly Arborough. He called Richard Petty to the checkered flag that day, uh, and he introduced the the rest of the world outside of the southeastern United States to the sport of NASCAR. And for pretty much all of the 1980s, a good portion of the 1990s, uh, Ken Squire was the television voice of NASCAR. And, and before that, he was basically throughout the entire 1970s and into the 80s, the radio voice of NASCAR.
0: Well, I'm telling you, dude, he, uh, again, an amazing voice and an amazing love for a sport that you have a lot of love for and that you've rekindled my affection for. And back to that 1979 race, uh, let me tell you, I watched it live. We had had a big snowstorm, uh, I guess throughout the East, but you know, I lived in Wilkes County, obviously at the time I was only 10 years old and, uh everybody was trapped inside if i remember we had about a foot and a half this is not an exaggeration dude a foot and a half to two feet of snow so everybody was kind of trapped in their houses that day so uh watch that i I laugh
1: i I laugh at that because every single like i I listened to uh to nascar radio on series XM pretty much all day yesterday just listening to to all these broadcasters and, and drivers and stuff share their share their memories of uh, ken squire and everybody talked about that first broadcast uh and how important of a day it was for nascar and uh how nascar won that day because basically the entire united states was covered in snow <laughs> everybody seems to remember i i bet you more people remember that it snowed that day than who actually won the race Well, I don't, you're right about that. Like I said,
0: and I mean, we got our share of snow uh, growing up in the mountains of North Carolina and we were in the foothills of North Carolina actually, but I just remember, like I said, just, we were trapped inside. Uh, it was still snowing when, uh, when the race started and like I said, well, I think we ended up where I lived in, uh, in Thurman, North Carolina, probably about a foot and a half, two foot of snow altogether. And, uh, but you say, uh, no, I'll always remember who won. Because of that fight yeah. down in the infield at the, uh, at the end of the race. And just, man, that's all we talked about. I mean, when we finally got to get back to school, which was, I don't even remember, it probably it definitely wasn't on the Monday after, but that's what everybody was talking about. Did you see the fight? Did you see the fight? And then for Richard Petty, just to swoop in and win a race that he hadn't, he would even tell you he had no right winning that race. I mean, he didn't, I mean, he's, you know, he's still going to have a solid third place finish in the race, but. For them to uh, knock each other out there and, uh, and then to uh, for Richard Perry to swoop in and win that, it was just an amazing finish to the race. And I, even, But I can tell you, in the moment, obviously, dude, I'm 10 years old. I mean, I don't know what this means to the sport. I didn't even realize that was the first time. At that time, I didn't realize that was the first time that uh, NASCAR was on a national stage on national TV. But you talk about uh, just the perfect storm, pun intended. But the perfect storm <laughs> happening and uh, helping NASCAR come to prominence—you you look no further than uh, February 1979,
1: dude. Yeah, it's such an important day for the sport. Such an important day for uh, a lot of people, and uh, it was—it was a big day for Ken Squire, and probably, probably what he's most known for uh, in in the NASCAR community is narrating that first. Ever
0: broadcast of a of a major motorsports race nationally in the United States. Well, it, it was awesome. Uh, uh, and again, like I said, just it's sad. You know, I mean, I you know, I'm no Carolina fan by any stretch of the imagination, but man, I love listening to Woody Durham. You know, and he's now mm-hmm. left us, and now Ken Squire. I mean, it just, uh, uh I guess this is what happens when you get old, right?
1: It is. It definitely is.
0: It definitely is okay. Uh, anyhow, since we let's let's not bounce all over the place. Uh, any NASCAR news since uh, you last joined us
1: last Friday, Paul? Well, the the countdown has gotten a little bit closer. We're ninety three <laughs> days away uh, from the twenty twenty four Daytona five hundred. Uh, if you can't tell, I can't wait. Uh, but that's it. That that's all the NASCAR news that we've gotten over the last week.
0: I'm going to reiterate what I said when you were on the show last week. I mean, usually, and it's, I don't know why there's such a lack of news, but usually we're in silly season right now and, you know, drivers are going from team to team or there's rumors of drivers going from team to team and you've got new, uh, you know, new sponsors and that kind of stuff. And I guess I'll ask you the same question I asked you last week. Why did, why is the news cycle for NASCAR so slow right now, Paul?
1: Well, I think it's because uh, I think it's a couple of reasons, uh, you know, A, um, the yes, the, the on track season is over, but from, from a business standpoint, the season's not over. The season doesn't really end until uh, the end of December uh, after the awards banquet and all that stuff. So I, I expect after the awards banquet, maybe you see uh, a little bit more news trickling in, but we got a good amount. Of the silly season news out of the way during the season, uh, that's unfortunate because it doesn't give us a lot to talk about NASCAR wise in the off season. Uh, but the good news is the off season's relatively short. But it, so many driver changes happen. Uh, you know, this would this would be the time conventionally where we're talking about uh, Kyle Busch's last race with Joe Gibbs Racing. And now he's going to take over the eight car from Tyler Reddick because if you remember Tyler Reddick announced in 2022, he was going to uh, 2311 racing in 2024. Uh, and then they decided we'll cut your contract now. We'll go ahead and send Kyle Busch to, to RCR and all that fun stuff so that took away that storyline for this year. Uh, we're still waiting on, on the domino to kind of fall over there at Stewart Haas racing to figure out what they're going to do with that fourth car. Is that going to be a charter? Uh, is Are they going to sell the charter? Are they going to field another car? We we don't know yet. But uh, because so much happened during the season, just not a lot left.
0: It is so unique to NASCAR. And, again, that voice through Paul Whittington, uh, joined us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. But it's so unique to uh, NASCAR that you've got a sport, like you said, of athletes, of racers who before their contract is out, they're announcing who they're going to be driving for next year. It'd be the equivalent of, can you imagine Lamar Jackson for your beloved uh, Baltimore Ravens who won the game last night? We're going to talk about that here in a moment, but your beloved Lamar Jackson, you know, with four games left in the season or five games left in the season, announcing that, Hey, next year I'll be playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, can you, and it is, it's, is it yeah. not? It's yeah. sort of the same comparison, isn't it?
1: It is. It is. Um, it, it's weird, right? It's so weird uh, that, that they do that in NASCAR. And, you know, the, uh, the, the Tyler Reddick announcement when it happened uh, caught a lot of people off guard, was very unpopular in nature, um, and not something that should have happened at the time that it happened. Uh, I, I still do not understand uh, the timing of that decision and the need to announce it when it did. Uh, because, you know, if you're Tyler Reddick, you know, you have, you have a full team of people that depend on you to climb in that race car every, every Sunday, uh, you know, from the mechanics to the pit crew, uh, to the people that, that drive your hauler. Um, and then all of a sudden you announce, Hey, uh, 2023 is going to be it for me. Now you send all these people into this area of uncertainty and, and you send the team into this area of like, is, is this person committed? Uh, through through the rest of the year, what's what's next year going to look like? Do I are we still going to have jobs? And that's why I don't like the the nature of when that announcement took place. Uh, there there should have been some internal discussions because my my understanding of all that was that that announcement from Tyler Reddick caught Richard Childress, Austin Dillon, and everybody at RCR completely off guard. They had no idea it was coming, and, and that's not the way things should work. I don't think so. Um, I, I don't like mid season announcements that, Hey, I'm out at the end of this year. I'm going, taking my talents to, to RCR. Don't like it.
0: Yeah, no, okay. I agree. With you. And you know, you made a very good point there too, about the teams themselves. And that's something that, you know, a lot of folks don't think about until maybe race day itself, when you see the pit crews out mm-hmm. there, but it's not just pit crews. I mean, uh, you know, what do you got the seven or eight guys that are on the pit crew, but think about the dozens, yep. if not hundreds of people back at the shop, uh, that you know are are working every week or working feverishly to help a Tyler Reddick win or a, a Chase Elliott, you know, uh, not smile and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it just <laughs> you, you, you've got. <laughs> sorry, I had to slip that in there. But but on a serious note, I mean, we've got to. It, it's easy to forget those uh, those those, and they are athletes too that uh, take care of those cars.
1: Yeah, it's um, you know, there's everybody on the pit crew. That's it. Jackman, gasman, gas man tire carriers tire changers um the guy that holds the sign to make sure you don't miss your pit stall that's what i want to do when i grow up just hold <laughs> the sign um but back at the shop you have you have teams of engineers you have fabricators you have engine builders you have all these things you just run-of-the-mill mechanics that the people that we don't really paint cars anymore but we apply wraps to cars like there's all those kinds of people back at the shop that you don't think about on race day. You only think about when you go to a team's open house and you see, okay, there's actually like 200 people that work here, but I only see 20 of them at the track on any given Sunday. What does everybody else do? And then you start learning the all the jobs that exist in the sport. But the average fan just doesn't think about those folks on, on race day. And, and they're very much a part of, of the team aspect of our sport.
0: Well, there you go. That voice relates to Paul Whittington, our NASCAR expert. Anything else left in the world of racing that I, I've got to ask you about this just cluster that is happening in Vegas this weekend. And I know it's <laughs> not, and I know it's not NASCAR and I don't even know how much you get yeah. into, uh, that genre of racing. Cause I really don't at all. I don't even know if I can name one driver in the, in that field, but, uh, I do know, I mean, I, you know, I listened to V here on our, uh, you know, nine sixty bet on the bull and, they're talking about just how messed up right now Vegas is. And I mean, it's finally arrived. This is the weekend of the race, but did you, have you seen what time it's being that, what time it's racing? I just want your thoughts on that as we close out a racing talk here.
1: Oh yeah. It's, uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Nothing, nothing about what they're doing over there makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, the is at what, like one in the morning, which is like what? 10 o'clock their time. Um, you know there there are a lot of people that like uh, that like F one, more power to you. <laughs> uh, I'm I I don't find myself as one of those people, and and I'll tell you why. You look at you look at this year's results. Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna count them up real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 of the 21 races that have been run this year, this year so far have been won by Max Verstappen. Wow. 17 of the 21 races. Uh, and that includes he's won the last five in a row. Uh, he went on a run of winning nine, ten, ten in a row. It, that sport's not competitive. No. Like if you can go out there in with with some of the best open wheel race car drivers in the world, and you can win ten races in a row, you're you're not you're not competitive. No. And and there's some tracks on that on that schedule. Like Monaco is a great example. There's not been a pass for a green flag pass for the lead, or excuse me, a green pass pass overtake for the lead since like the mid '90s, Brian. God.
0: So qualifying right. is extremely important in that sport.
1: Yes. Yeah, and, and Monaco is one of the most iconic race circuits in the world. And it's it's one of the Labor Day triple headers that, that we get before the Indy 500 and the Coke 600. Uh, it's, a, it's a phenomenal race, but there has not been a, a green flag pass for the lead since, like, I think it's, like, 1996 or something like that. Wow. That, that's just And absurd. I don't know that it, it was the way these cars have evolved, I don't know that there ever will be another green flag pass for the lead. So the race is won in qualifying. And when you, when you can go out there and win 10 races in a row and the championships determined basically in July, and you still got to check off like three or four months on the schedule, like it's just who cares?
0: Well, like I said, listening to our V folks here on uh, bet on the they're not happy with it. I've, uh, you know, I was mentioning earlier about how I listened to Steve Zabin. He's got a friends and a lot of friends in the Vegas area and, I mean the no I don't even see where there's a win win or a, any kind of win with this because the Vegas folks hate it. The it's actually costing them tourism dollars. Yeah. Uh and on top of all of this, on top of all of it, Paul, it's they signed a 10-year contract. So it's not like this is a one off yes. where, you know, hey, let's uh if it works out, we'll come back. If it's uh bad, then you know, we can shelve it. No, they can't do that. They signed a ten year contract with the city of Las Vegas, so uh it's just a bad situation all around, you know, and as people know, Jonathan and I were in Vegas, what, just four weeks ago, and it was awful, mm-hmm. dude, I mean, you can't walk down the street, you've got you know scaffolding everywhere, you've got all these temporary yeah. stands, well, I say temporary, but I mean they're basically they're putting the infrastructure in for the stands I guess they'll I guess they'll take it down. I I just dude, my thing is if I'm the Bellagio, if I'm the Venetian, which you know they drained the Venetian. You can't even go on the <laughs> gondola in the gondola? Is that how you say it? Gondola. Gondolas. Gondola. Yeah, you can't even get into gondolas at the Venetian because they've drained all the water because of uh of all this mm-hmm. setup, dude. Yeah. It just it makes no sense to me. I don't know who thought hey. Let's set up, uh, you know, let's make Vegas, and especially, like you said, here at the end of the season when the season's already been decided two or three months ago, I I don't know, man. I'll tell you this, dude, Have you? and I'm going to quote my source here. It's uh, Steve Zabin. This wasn't even here on Send, but Steve Zabin said, there's a hotel, and I wish I could remember the hotel, but they had this package for their weekend, Paul. It was uh, $1 under $10,000, $9,999. You got your hotel for three nights. Uh, tickets to all the events i guess there's not just the race that's taking place uh what tomorrow night or whatever i mean there's different events that are going on but it was basically it was $10,000 you can get on stubhub you can get on the secondary market right now and guess how much it is mm-hmm. right now as we sit well i, I well i heard he, him talking about it yesterday a $10,000 package guess how much you can get it for right now mm.
1: 25
0: try five hundred dollars
1: oh wow it went down that it crashed that bad and
0: and on top of it too like he was talking about the venetian their rooms you know they've got rooms for this package and all that they were starting out the rooms per night were something like fifteen hundred seventeen hundred dollars dude they're ninety nine dollars right now if you wanted to go right now and you're like hey you know what yeah it sounds like a mess but i'd still like to go watch it dude fly out there and you can pay and stay at the venetian one of the nicest hotels in las vegas for 99 dollars a night it has crashed so bad dude they're just trying to get they're just trying to get people in the rooms and getting butts in the seats dude
1: that's crazy i, I didn't realize it had crashed that bad i knew it was kind of a crap show out there uh my, my favorite tweet so far jeff Glock of of the athletic who typically covers nascars out there he said well if you were on Team Crap Show, he didn't say Crap Show, <laughs> for this weekend, your side is off to a great start.
0: Dude, I just... Surely I, I there's got to be some... There's lawyers that are going to get involved. Surely there's got to be some way that they can break the contract and say, hey, you know what? This is not worth it. We are losing... I mean, we are yeah. vomiting millions of dollars here. I mean, and, and this is year one of it? Well,
1: Yeah, it's year one. I, I do think that at night, with all those lights, that race is going to look really cool. The start time is really stupid, and I'm not going to stay <laughs> up to watch it. I'll look at the pictures the next day. Um, but yeah, you're you're in year one. It's it it already sounds like there's just so much revolt. We thought we thought the people of Chicago were revolting uh, <laughs> when when they brought NASCAR there. The people of the people of Las Vegas are not happy at all, and I, I don't know. It's they they're, they're going to have to figure something out.
0: They definitely are. And no, one more postscript to that is that, like the employees at all these hotels and casinos and everything, they can't even drive into work. They're having to shuttle in oh, yeah. from five miles away. They're having to shuttle and in. Imagine, to, go ahead.
1: Um, imagine being that guy that bought the $10,000 package and listed it on Subhub and it's currently sitting at $500. Imagine being that person right now and just how mentally depressing that has to be.
0: Dude, I mean, is it even worth it? I don't. I think I'd almost just take the the hit. I mean, what's the dude? You spend ten thousand. What's the difference between getting zero back and five hundred back? You know?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Goodness gracious. Anyway, well, enough talk about that. Hey, let's give a couple minutes here to your Ravens last night—a big thirty-four to twenty victory over uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. However. <laughs> However, a big loss. It looks like as uh, Mark Andrews was hurt early in the game. I believe was, I was actually watching it before I went to bed and saw him go out of the game. And now uh, it's looking like he may be lost for the season. Paul.
1: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, they'll they'll have a an MRI done or an X ray done or whatever whatever they do, they're going to do today, and uh, it's it's basically going to just confirm at this point what they already think it is. Uh, John Harbaugh, who who typically will will be fairly conservative when talking about injuries, was pretty clear with this one. Hey, this is this is not good. Uh, he's 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 likely done for the year, and so you you hate that because he's a big part of this offense. Uh, but as we saw after he left the game, this offense is still pretty good without him.
0: It is, but still, when you're losing, in my opinion, I mean, behind Travis Kelsey, I mean, he is the second best tight yeah. end in, in the game. I mean, I, I don't know. No, 100%. And, and I'm not even talking about from a fantasy perspective, which he is also in that too, but I mean, he's just such a stabilizing force for that offense, and it just, yeah. I've, I've always been an, you know, I kind of got to be a Ravens fan with you and Scott around, you know, <laughs> but uh, to lose him, that's a pretty big loss, but how about on the other side of the yeah. ball? Joe Burrell looking like uh he may be lost for the season is what the preliminary uh, uh, thoughts are about that too. How big of a loss is that for the Bengals who now dropped to five and five after that loss last night?
1: Well, you know, I hate to see any quarterback go out for the the remainder of the season, but this is now the second quarterback uh, in as many weeks that the Ravens have taken down. Actually the second quarterback this week, the Ravens have taken down because Deshaun Watson, uh, who the Ravens lost to on Sunday, that one hurt my heart. Uh, <laughs> they are east. He's out for the season, and now uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I hate that for them. Uh, I I did think that this was kind of an off year for for uh, for the Bengals. Uh, they they were finally an AFC AFC North team that that lost uh, a game because this 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 division was so tight. And going into into week ten, like the Ravens were sitting at seven and two. Everybody else was six and two or six and three, whatever whatever the record was. Six and three. So it was only like a game separation. So these, these division games were so important for the Ravens. And then the Bengals lost on Sunday and knocked them down to five and six and four or five and four. And, uh, a loss last night pretty much was going to put them away, um, in, in, as far as the division is concerned. And, and now that you've lost your quarterback, it's just now you're in a situation where, where you've, you've lost so many games that you're probably not going to catch up. To, to the top of the AFC North. The division hopes are out, and uh, now you've lost your quarterback, and it's just an unfortunate night for, for the Bengals and their fans.
0: Maybe I'm just – and, again, that voice you to, Paul Whittington, uh, our regular Friday guest here on uh, the Brian Hanks Show. He's also big Ravens fan too, but, uh, I, dude, is it just me or am I just living in the moment too much? But, dude, there have been – so many quarterback injuries this year, man. I mean, uh I know I heard on another show, and I wish I could quote where I heard it from, but that <laughs> we've had ten rookie quarterbacks. This broke the re- the NFL record. Ten yep. rookie quarterbacks have started a game this year. Maybe it was on ESPN or somewhere. I don't remember, but uh so I don't want to take credit for that. But ten rookie quarterbacks, all the I mean, there's hardly a team that's not had an injury uh to a quarterback yep. this year. I mean, I guess my question to you, Paul. Am I just living in the moment too much or are there, have there been more quarterback injuries and hell more injuries this year than we've had in past seasons?
1: Well, I don't know about in past seasons, but it certainly feels like there's been a lot, you know, and maybe it's just the the big guys that, that are going down that have this, have it kind of under a microscope right now. But, you know, you had Aaron Rodgers go down at the beginning of the season, uh, Joe Burrow's gone down. Deshaun Watson's gone down. Like that's a lot of big names right there. Bryce Young uh, was was down for just a little bit uh, with the Panthers earlier this season. Uh, had had to take a few deep breaths last night. I got a little depressed watching the game because Lamar Jackson slow to get up and uh, he had to go into the medical tent. Unfortunately, fortunately, he didn't miss a uh, he didn't miss an offensive series and was able to come right back in. Um, but yeah, it's, it, there's been. There's been a lot around the league, and, you know, maybe maybe there's a possibility there's some quarterbacks that are playing through injuries right now. You know, Josh Allen is not as elite as, as we've seen him in recent years. Uh, Trevor Lawrence seems to be a little off his game this year. Uh, Kirk Cousins went down. Uh, that's, that's another big quarterback. And uh, so there's, there's a ton out there that it just – they either seem like they're playing hurt or they are hurt. And, and so, yeah, to your point, there's been a lot of quarterback injuries.
0: Here. dude you, you it's like you you took an ice pick and stabbed me in the heart when you said trevor lawrence man Because i know let me tell you dude i'm invested heavily with him in fantasy oh. dude
1: who are you telling i got him on like three teams and, and he went for <laughs> he got me like two points last week oh come on
0: oh dude i know like and, I and
1: and one of those one of those teams you drafted you put him on my team right
0: <laughs> how's that team doing by the way what's its <laughs> record
1: not bad. That was the uh, that was the one in the NFL league, right?
0: Uh, yes. the the With all yeah. your with all your British friends, you're the only American with all these yeah, British players. That's right. I mean, they Sorry, I know say I say the again.
1: NFL league. It's through NFL.com. They're yeah. all NFL League. <laughs> um, I'm six and I'm six and four right now. I got off to a really good start. Um, currently sitting at six and four. I am in the playoff picture. If the season ended today, I would be in the semifinal. Um,
0: I so like it. we're I like we're it. third
1: third in the league right now sitting at six and four three-way tie and then um but we got off to a, a really fast start and then just we hit the bye weeks and things slowed down a little bit for us. And, and i
0: listen i know nobody wants to hear about our fantasy teams nobody does dude but i do have to say this have you seen our standings in our auction league Ugh, no
1: no 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 no. i, mean, I have dude. I, I have i just
0: well, yeah, you're not you're you're not doing very well. That and that's sad in and of itself. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very, uh, dude. I, I feel for you. Okay, yeah, whatever. Hey, but have you seen? I have never, dude. I've been playing fantasy football since 1995. Okay, so what? I'm in. Good lord, my 28th year of playing or whatever. I have never in my life seen standings like this before. I'm in first place. The Baltimore Handshakes. <laughs> yeah, go look that up. But uh, the Baltimore Handshakes are nine and one. And then, dude, from second place. Down to 10th place. Oh, wow. All t- are you God, looking at it? <laughs> yeah. H- have you <laughs> ever seen anything like that? So what you're saying is,
1: <laughs> if I can string a couple of wins together. Yes,
0: you're still in right, it.
1: I'm right back in this. That's crazy. Dude, what, the, what let's let everybody, me is, uh, let's uh, let everybody know. Place.
0: I'm 9-1. I'm in first place. But yeah. then second place through 10th place in this 12-team league are all 5-5. Five and five. I have never in my life seen that before, dude. No.
1: Uh, that's wild. I am uh, I'm two and eight. What? But, outscored... but you won last week, though. I did. I did. The tenth place team, Don Gloves. I have actually outscored him uh, <laughs> by about fifteen points, and he is five and five, and I'm two and eight.
0: Yeah, that's know. how
1: it was for me in, in last year. Like this, this time last year, I had, I had like a record of like four and six in this league, but I had the most points and the fewest points again. Wow. Or like the second fewest points again. And I was just like getting everybody on their best week, but my team was, was really performing. The good news is Gus Edwards gave me 20 points last night. Still not projected to win, but <laughs> the start.
0: Well, like I said, dude, I mean, again, I know folks, listeners don't, I don't care, honestly, I don't care about anybody else's fantasy team myself, so I've I <laughs> just wasted three minutes here, but again, I've never seen that before, a team with a 9-1 and one record, and then second place through 10th place, 5-5, five and five. I mean, you've got, uh, help me do it, nine teams tied for second place, essentially. <laughs> that's insane that's insane okay uh let's uh god i gotta guess dude and we've got to stop at the top of the hour because i'm so tired of the second hour real quick ecu football tomorrow at navy
1: hopefully it's a win you know the uh, navy's only what a two and a half point favorite uh i I think this is a game where ecu can ride some of that momentum from the win on the road last week at fau I, i think these last two games uh, Navy, and then at home against Tulsa are, are winnable games. It would be something to see ECU go out with a stretch of three wins in a row after the season they've had.
0: I, dude, that would be – that would that would warm a lot of hearts here in eastern North Carolina. I know uh, Jason Bryant was on here yesterday, and uh, he was saying – and he, w- he was challenging uh, ECU fans. We need to be out there, and he's right, a week from Saturday. I know it's two days after Thanksgiving. I know you're going to be watching two teams with losing records playing each other, but – i agree wholeheartedly with what uh, jason said we really do i'm, I'm a season ticket holder if i'm not there my seats need to be filled but we need to fill as much of uh Doughty Ficklin fickling as we can a week from saturday don't we so what's
1: what's jason bringing to
0: the tailgate there you go ding 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 i had uh, jason if you're in i know he's listening right now dude uh, we got to find out <laughs> what he's bringing i love it i love it are you going to be there I,
1: i'm going to try we we have uh we have plans with our friends to go to with some of Sam's friends from college uh, to go see NC state UNC. Um, we're still waiting to see that game. That game time is supposed to be announced on Monday. Uh, so we're still waiting to see what time that game going to be. If it's an eight o'clock game, we're not going to go, which if, if that ends up being the case, that opens the door to go to ECU. So we'll see. It all depends on what time that game is going to be, but uh, that's, we we've been kind of committed to that for a couple of months now.
0: No, I can and I can appreciate that and understand. Appreciate goodness gracious, Brian, speak English and understand that too. Okay, the last couple of minutes that we've got left here, uh, man, uh, three to one loss against the freaking Flyers at home Wednesday night for our Carolina Hurricanes drops them to nine and seven. They had won three out of four games before that, uh, but I mean that's not a bad loss, is not it? Just like again, we will be oh. now. Are you cooking for us tomorrow night at uh, PNC?
1: Are you coming tomorrow night at PNC?
0: <laughs> I'm coming. I'm going to be there late though, man. So I guess we're not going to do the uh ta- Doggone it, and I wanted to do the tailgate thing with Kelly Lynn and you know and uh, her husband and friend and you know Linda and I and you and Samantha and Levi, but I, I guess uh, I guess we're just going to have to uh, eat a, a hot dog or a, a, a something inside the stadium, huh?
1: Well, we'll pack a cooler, and, and we'll have a couple of beers before we go in. But, uh, you know, that 3-1 that to one loss last night, it doesn't sound bad. It's two goals, right? That game was terrible. That was one of the worst efforts this season from the Hurricanes. Uh, just nothing was in sync. Uh, the, Rod Brendamore said in his postgame that it, it didn't seem – it was one of the worst efforts he had seen all season from, from his team, uh, Jordan Uh, Stahl, the the team's captain, said it didn't seem like everybody on the team had had bought into what they were trying to do. And and I agree with all those comments. It was a a sloppy effort really from start to finish, and and they're lucky to kind of get out of there only being down uh, two goals in that game. So uh, it just need to regroup and need to come out in full force on Saturday uh, when, when the Pittsburgh Penguins come to town because you can ill afford another game like what you had against Philadelphia a couple of
0: nights ago. And you know this better than me, having been to 10 times more games than I have over the past four or five years, obviously with you being a season ticket holder and everything is that, uh, the, the, bad thing, when I see Boston on the schedule, when I see Pittsburgh on the schedule, I'm trying to think other teams. Well, those are the two big ones. Heck even the flyers on the schedule, man, that mm-hmm. means it's going to be a lot of stinking penguins fans there tomorrow night too, isn't it?
1: Oh man. Yeah. That's uh <laughs> I think what makes it worse, Brian, I do not like Pittsburgh fans. I think that's been well documented to this point. Uh, But they're all going to show up. Most of them will be in Pittsburgh Penguins jerseys. 95% will be in Pittsburgh Penguins jerseys. Uh, No, we'll say 90%. 90% will be in Pittsburgh Penguins jerseys. Those that 90% like. 85% eighty five percent will be in Sydney Crosby jerseys because apparently they don't sell any other kind of jerseys over there. Uh, of the of the ten percent left, one percent will be in a Pittsburgh Pirates jersey. The other nine percent will be in Pittsburgh Steelers here. Oh God, that's so one hundred percent of them will have a terrible talent. <laughs> that's true spoken by
0: a man who knows paul whittington dude thank you so much for joining us here this morning uh we'll we'll take next week off since it's the day after thanksgiving we'll talk to you again two weeks from today here on the brian hanks show sounds
1: good have a great weekend We'll
0: you, see ya. you too that's paul whittington coming up here in our next hour it's going to be tgif with ip here on the brian hanks show presented by lenore community college